Our second message this afternoon is from Mr. Lawrence Gregory. It is entitled, Sickness. Hopefully, today's message will be helpful to all of us at some time. At some time, we've all been sick, or had a broken bone, or a bodily weakness of some kind. What do we do then? We see a doctor? Is that right or wrong? We pray. We trust in God only. If we consult a doctor, does that make or mitigate our faith and make it any less weaker? Or can we do both? Look to God and also consult a physician. To answer, we need consider scriptures and some logic and both of these together. Now, many years ago, when I was a young man and a young Christian, I had a harsher view of the medical profession. I rejected, as a religious point of view, all medical information. I remember one time, many, many years ago, when I attended the Feast of Tabernacles in Big Sandy, Texas, and was camping and... Uh, a little bit later, I had a, a bad rash, a difficulty with one of my feet. And I was anointed for it by David Antion. And uh, decided, well, I would go to a physician also and get a prescription for some kind of a salve to put on it. And because uh, it was evidently probably poison ivy or something like that that I'd picked up on the grounds there. You know, some of you know some of the problems there at Big Sandy. And... Um, I can still remember mentioning to the doctor that I had been anointed for that. And he scoffed and ridiculed and made fun and uh, made me feel like a heel for even mentioning that I had considered God in with his medical advice. Well, after that, you know, after a while, my um, foot cleared up and I didn't have any problem any longer. And then about that time, I was, uh, as a CO, doing alternative military service, uh, working for a hospital in um, eastern Kansas. And the direction came out from the church that I was attending that uh, our young COs should not be working in medical, uh, in uh, medical field or in military installations because some would go to like Tinker Air Force Base or some of the military installations and do some clerical work there. And uh, so I quit that job because it was a hospital and I was trying to be obedient to the faith and follow my uh, church teachings at the time. And so through the uh, help of a uh, Mennonite, and I've told this story many, many years ago, but through the help of a Mennonite uh, pastor who helped young COs obtain jobs because I had a threat from a general that I was AWOL from that job that they had placed me and I could go to prison. 
So I had an alternative to work for a Mennonite retirement home as a maintenance landscape man. So I completed my assignment there for a few years and got my 1W release as a conscientious objector. And uh, later the church teaching, teaching changed and become more acceptable to some of the medical practices and uh, religious uh, combination of uh, medical and faith and uh, prayer. So I have a few scriptures today and a few examples. And I would like us to consider this because I know that this is a uh, very traumatic experience for many to have. Sometimes uh, being anointed and then delayed in healing and uh, delayed in recovery and uh, sometimes consulting other actions uh, is troubling some. And, and uh, for many it's not. It's not a problem at all for many who are unconverted who are not Christians. But for many of us, Sometimes this causes some problems. So, uh, first I would like us to consider from a positive aspect a couple of things here. Uh, from uh, point one is, first consider God's promises to heal all. And kind of mixed in with this a little bit are some questionable scriptures. But I'd like us to open with uh, Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter, verse, beginning of verse 11 uh, through verse 17. And I'll just read some of these verses, and you can read them along uh, on the board there. Uh, you shall therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments, which I command you this day to do them. Wherefore, it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep you... Uh, shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto your fathers. And he will love you and will bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, the corn and the wine and thine oil, the increase of your kine and the flocks of your sheep, in the land which he sware unto your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all people, there shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which you know upon you, but will lay, you, will lay them upon all them that hate you. So here's a definite word of God and a promise, but... We must ask in our nation, there's a lot of sickness, a lot of diseases, a lot of strange things. Is it because maybe our nation isn't really totally as a unit keeping all the commandments and the judgments and the statutes of God? We have to ask that question there. Now let's go to another, back up to Exodus, the 23rd chapter, and verse 25 and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. So, sometimes in obedience to God, there is a blessing accompanying that of a lack of sickness and disease. But what happens when a believing, faith-filled, loving Christian still has an accident, or still has some medical problems or some health problems. Now, I wear glasses, 
Is it wrong for me to go have an eye exam? And uh, some of us to uh, wear glasses to help us. Sometimes when we get older, we have some more medical health problems and we need some medical assistance to help us. We're going to discuss some of those things, but I know I'm injecting some questions now. When you're young and vibrant and strong and, uh, you know, everything is hunky-dory and, and looks like nothing will affect you, that's one thing. But even young people sometimes have problems. Very young children, very young uh, uh, people can have an accident or a health concern. And so they have some honest questions also. So, uh, continuing now in uh, a few positive verses, let's go to Psalm uh, 103. And uh, verse 3 tells us about God to bless Him. Because who forgives all your iniquities... Who heals all your diseases. So here in this scripture, he tells us he forgives all of our sins. And we trust that, we believe that. We don't think that there's some sins hanging on to us that will follow us around. God, when we repent and ask forgiveness, will forgive us all of our sins. And so, also, it says, who heals all your diseases. But sometimes immediate healing doesn't occur. What then? What about that? Okay, in Matthew, let's go to the New Testament and see in Matthew, the fourth chapter here, Jesus' example. And we'll look at a couple of his things that he did and some interesting uh, examples from scriptures. Uh, Matthew, the fourth chapter and verse uh, 22. No, that's uh, not the scripture I wanted. Let's go on to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Must have wrote down a wrong verse. Matthew, the 10th chapter. And verse um, 1. When he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And so this is one thing that God has transferred through Jesus, who healed many that were brought unto him, and we'll discuss some of those later, but he also transferred to his ministers to heal all manner of diseases and all manner of sickness. But sometimes over the years, and I know those of us who have been around a long time have seen many miraculous healings. And we've also seen some delays. And I've laid hands on and anointed many people who have been healed. And yet also several times laying hands on and they're still not immediately healed. There's a prolongation of that disease or that sickness. So let's uh, consider that uh, as we uh, progress through this message today. Keep some of those uh, questions uh, unanswered till we consider a few things. Now, I want us to consider a few biblical examples of uh, pros and cons of this subject. And we'll go back to 2 Chronicles, the uh, 16th chapter. 2 Chronicles 16. 
And um, verse 12. And Asa, in the thirtieth and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. So here's a guy that had a real serious problems, And he sought not to God, but to the physicians. Now, in Colossians, the fourth chapter, let's, let's just consider that. Uh, Colossians, the fourth chapter. And verse 14, we have a reference to, in the, in the New Testament, one of Paul's companions who wrote the book of Luke and uh, several other of the letters of the Apostle Paul, and accompanied him a number of times, called Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Luke, beloved physician. Now, here's a question. Did he continue on in some of his medical advice and medical practice throughout his ministry, or did he reject it all totally? Did he just turn from that and repent and never practice any medical opinion or help or assistance? We don't know that for sure. We'll have to ask him. But we have a couple of uh, uh, occasions in the life of uh, Paul that uh, give us also some question and um, we know that uh, at different times uh, Luke accompanied him, but in, in 2 Corinthians, the uh, 12th chapter, verse 7 through 9. And Paul says, Lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, or three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest on, on me. Now, let's go to Galatians, the fourth chapter. Galatians 4. Let me read a few scripture references here, then I'll have some comments. Galatians 4, 13 through 15. Paul says, You know how through infirmity of the flesh, we just saw that other reference of a few years difference that he had in Corinthians. Through infirmity of the flesh, I preached the gospel unto you at the first. And my trial, or my temptation, which was in my flesh, ye despised not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Where is then the blessedness you spake of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. And in Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse 11, Paul writes, 
you see how large a letter I have written unto you with my own hand. Now, here's where sometimes in the King James and the English translation, the agreement in the original Greek is a little different. And sometimes going to another translation will help clarify, just like here in my uh, King James Bible, in the margin it says, you will see with what large letters I've written unto you, and the Amplified, and the Living, and other scriptures will show that uh, Paul is referring to the Galatians. See this writing, how large letters I've used. Now, remember back several years after Pentecost when Paul was converted, he was blinded. He was struck down on the road to Damascus, and he was blinded for three days. And then Ananias came in, and, and God told him, go in and anoint him and lay hands on him and heal him. And so he anointed him, and uh, then Paul could see a little bit, and it was like the scales were cast off of his eyes. So now, here is something that has been put forward, and I can't verify, we'll just, there's something we'll have to ask Paul, but it seems like that Paul had, from that original conversion, maybe some problems with his eyesight. Because he said the Galatians were willing to give him their eyes, and you see how large a letter, how large a writing I've written to you, he said, in Galatians, not the length of the Galatians, but the large letters. And how maybe, uh, Paul was uh, still suffering from some eyesight problems. That's something we'll have to ask Paul. Now, let's continue on here. In, uh, back in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings, the 20th chapter, there are so many uh, scripture references that we've just, I've just sorted through a few here. Uh, 2 Kings 20, and um, 1 through 7. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you will die and not live. Whoa. Very plain, very brutal comments, questions. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech you, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, afore Isaiah was gone out into the world, into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, behold, I will heal you, and the third day you shall go up unto the house of the Lord, and I will add unto your days fifteen years, and I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs, and they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. So he did some physical things, put a poultice on the boil that was causing him problems, because God said, You're going to die. Well, through prayer and through calling on God and repentance and trust in Him 
and reminding God in his prayer that he had been faithful and a good man for many years. God was going to do other things and other blessings, but he also told Isaiah, go put a poultice, make a boil, put it on there, do something physically, and he recovered. Now, the combination of the boil, the boil uh, recovered from the uh, uh, fig poultice and God's direction, he lived 15 more years. So you can read uh, more of the study of um, Hezekiah and other examples. Now, let's go to one of Jesus here in uh, Mark, the 8th chapter. Similar to a few uh, scripture references that we had in the uh, first message, but I want to look here in Mark, the 8th chapter, and uh, verse 22. This occurred during the life of Jesus. And it came to, and he cometh, to Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. Now, I've been a minister for many years and I've anointed many people with oil, with olive oil, and re-anointed them. I've never spit on anyone yet. Maybe this would be a good idea. <laughs> Start spitting on people. But uh, he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he, Jesus, put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house saying, Neither go into the town nor tell it to any in the town. Don't go bragging and boasting about this. Jesus took him out of town and he did it privately. He healed him. And uh, the man, of course, glorified God. But here's the interesting thing. Jesus spit on his eyes. Now, one time he made some clay. You know, he, he spit on the ground. He made some clay and he dabbed it on the guy's eyes. And he saw, he created eyes. What he did was... The guy was born blind. He didn't have any eyeballs. Now you talk about a miracle. Jesus made some eyeballs. Put some spit on the ground and mud and rolled them up and put them in there. And bingo, the guy could see. Uh, he had to do some adjustment on his vision. First he had 2060, whatever it was that we heard earlier. The 2040, and then he adjusted, and then it was 2020, and the guy didn't see the men walking like trees anymore. He could see perfectly, so he could just see. But Jesus did this twice. I think it left us an example that sometimes there's some delay, and sometimes uh, some adjustment that needs, and sometimes uh, maybe uh, trusting in God over a, we're going to see that a little more later here, over a longer period of time. And sometimes maybe a couple of anointings, maybe some other things that we can do. You know, uh, a person that has a broken bone, broken arm, uh, you want to go to the doctor and have a cast put on and have them adjusted. Somebody that knows has knowledge and understanding, right? Uh, if you are in an auto accident and you get some limbs whacked off, you want somebody that knows a little bit about uh, the, uh, where the awards are and the arteries and uh, uh, how to uh, sew them up and, and cauterize them and uh, repair that arm uh, so you don't bleed to death. 
So there's some of these things that we want to uh, take into consideration over a, uh, over a period of time. Now, want to get a little more uh, brutal here with some of us. This part is uh, God condemns trust in medical idols. Now, caduceus. You know what a caduceus is? A caduceus is a representation in the medical profession, usually you'll see this, of a staff. It looks like a cross at top, but it's uh, some wings. And then there's two snakes that are curled around that. And you can go, and I'm not going to, but you can study in the Bible about caduceus or in, in, in history or in encyclopedias about Hermes and Mercury who were the same name for this God who was representing from heaven and they came. And the medical profession has adopted this with uh, those snakes intertwined around that uh, uh, cross and they use that as a representation of uh, the medical field. Also, uh, barber's poles, you know, the red and white uh, candy looking uh, peppermint stick-like poles. Well, a lot of times your old uh, barbers, because they use knives and scissors and things, would cut people. And so they begin to be the kind of like the medical profession. So they kind of mixed in. So when you saw that barber pole, uh, you knew that this guy had some medical knowledge as well as a barber. You get a good haircut, and if he cut your ear off, he could uh, fix it up for you a little bit, maybe. Uh, being a little facetious there. But uh, we have these things in life that, uh, as Christians, we experience, and then we're troubled because we know we need some more help. We, we trust in God. We look to Him. But also, maybe there's some things that somebody else that has knowledge or better experience can tell us what to eat or what not to eat or what to do or, or some things that can help us in uh, preparing a, a sling or a, 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 some kind of a medical assistance that we might need. There are a lot of things that uh, we get confused about. Now, we saw example here of uh, Hezekiah who trusted in God and who looked to him for... Uh, healing and for blessing. Now let's look at another experience here in 2 Chronicles, the 16th chapter. 2 Chronicles 16. And verse 12. Asa. Now Asa was a king. In the thirty and ninth year of his reign was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceedingly great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. We saw that earlier. Here's a guy that didn't seek to God, but he sought to the physicians. And uh, so he, he slept and he, he died because he didn't uh, trust in uh, God. Now... In, um, let, me, let me see here. Uh, 
Let me look at one more reference here if I've got, uh, I might have got some of these out of order just a little bit here. Um, um, I get it in the right book. Excuse me for a little bit of delay here. Okay, uh, I'm going to skip some of those uh, references. Go to the New Testament, to, to Revelation. I probably have Brian all confused over there. I want to go to Revelation, 21st chapter rather than what he's showing on the board there, because we already looked at that. Revelation 21.8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, here the word sorcerer, you can look this up. The sorcerer is from the word pharmacon, pharmacy. Isn't it uh, significant or interesting that uh, in the world today we have a lot of people that are still smoking? And they're taking marijuana, and they're taking heroin, and they're taking cocaine. And that leads them into other sins, because there's a relationship between those things. And so, here's a person that is participating in a lot of abominable practices, but also, he's participating in sorcery. So... Think about that. Does God want us to be participating in those things while we're trusting and looking to Him for healing? I think we can say honestly the answer to that ourselves. Now let's go back to a couple of uh, closing verses and uh, then some comments. Uh, we want to go to um, Psalms. 31st chapter, verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear you, which you have wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret of your presence from the pride of man, and you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. And in Psalm 30, back up just a couple here to Psalm 30, verse 2. O Lord my God, I cried unto you, and you have healed me. Now, we've seen from the scriptures, and uh, I'm going to reiterate in a few closing comments here, that... Our prayer, our repentance, our trust, our continuance in looking to God, regardless of the immediacy of the healing that we experience. So it's important that we continue looking and trusting in Him, regardless of how soon we have recovery. 
We want to look to God as our healer who identifies and calls himself, that's one of his names, our God healer, rather than looking to the medical profession or a physician as a God. You know, there are witch doctors, there are uh, medical practitioners that present themselves in their mannerism and in their conversation as a God. They know everything and all of it. And they'll ridicule, just like when I was a young man, that doctor ridiculed and made fun of the fact that I had mentioned, I've learned not to do some of those things, but I mentioned that I had been anointed and was looking to God. I was just coming to him for some uh, a medical opinion on some salve that I could use on that foot that was causing me a lot of problems. But he scoffed and ridiculed at that. So how many put themselves in that position? So if it comes down to a choice, wouldn't it be rather to have a medical profession that is cooperative and is understanding and works with us and will give us according to our faith and our trust in God first, will help and support that? Yes, we want to respect their input as long as it lines up with God's ways. Now, not everyone resorts to false gods, to a false worship that is going to the medical profession. Uh, sometimes there's a medical need that I mentioned earlier. They need to sew up something or need to set a bone or uh, like we have eye tests and we have other medical exams that can tell us if we have a bad heart or a good heart or other things. Sometimes we need crutches. Sometimes we need a walker. Sometimes we need some uh, to be in the hospital for a time to do some of those things that we can't do on our own as long as we're looking and continuing and trusting in God for healing. So I suppose what I'm trying to do today is to give us confidence and faith and trust in our continuance, even though there may be some prolongation in our uh, healing. It's not as immediate as we would look uh, for or as we trust in. But brethren, keep trusting, keep looking to God. Consider those things that are practical and uh, yet keep our eyes on God. And one thing we know, in this life, our physical body one day will be healed own it, when we're transferred into a spirit being. So whether it's immediate or whether it's prolonged, we know this, that God will heal all of our sickness, all of our disease, give us all restoration. We'll have that perfect spirit body in the kingdom of God. And so let's keep trusting and keep looking for that and work these other things out in the meantime.